Welcome to episode 162 of the Giant Take Podcast. I'm Josh and I'm joined by my co-host Alex. I feel like I haven't done the number intro in a while, so I had to bring that one back. And uh, I'm excited to get into it. We talk all New York Giants if you're new to the podcast or if you're coming back right now. It's a lot of draft content. If you want to check out our prior uh, few episodes, our prior two episodes, we talked with uh, Shane P. Hallam, who is on the Draft Countdown. He's a main contributor there. Um, and he, I believe he has a podcast uh, as well as writes some stuff for them uh, and is very, very into prospects as he already has his rankings for the 2023 NFL Draft class. So you can check. He, he, he knows it all about the NFL Draft. So if you want to go check that out, that was episode 160. We had a great interview with him. And then we came right back to you last Monday, a week ago, to talk to Trevor Sikama from PFF, who also has a draft podcast and also obviously writes for PFF. And we know them, Pro Football Focus, they know their stuff. A lot of NFL content on there. Uh, and he was great uh, talking about the NFL draft. He, he was chiming in, knowing 10-yard drill times, knowing uh, exactly, uh, bouncing off each other. So that was a great interview there. And you can check that out and on, on episode 161. But enough teasing other episodes. Listen and keep listening to the one you're on or you're listening to right now. And let me bring in my co-host, Alex. How are you doing, man? You know, I'm doing well. It feels like it's been forever since we've recorded a giant take episode. It's, it's weird. It's, it's been, been a it's been a long week. It's been week. a week though. It's not been it's not been like, you know, it feels like it's been like a month, but it's really only been a week. And the week before that we had one. But it's it's weird because I, I was like just randomly scrolling through our like uh schedule the other day of all our episodes. And I, I'm like looking at January and February and it's like an episode every other day or an episode every day, like around that Joe Shane uh, hiring, the Joe Judge firing, uh, you know, free agency. Like, it's crazy, man. And I was like, oh my God, how do we do that? Uh, and, you know, it feels like six days, obviously, from when we're recording it or seven days, I guess. Um, it feels like an eternity. It's crazy, man. But I'm excited for the draft. What are we, 18 days away? I'm mm-hmm. so excited. It's probably the most excited I've ever been for a draft. <laughs> uh, and I'm hopeful, hoping we can get this team in the right direction. And, uh, you know, there's lots of rumors surfacing. We'll get more rumors as the time gets closer. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited to get going and, and get talking about some of these uh, news tidbits regarding the draft and also just general giant stuff. And as you probably can see in the title, if not the description where all our plugs are located, is that in this episode, uh, a couple of episodes ago, we all we gave you our first New York Giants seven-round mock draft. Today, we got the 2.0 seven-round mock draft. So go and stay tuned for that uh, once we give you Giants updates. You can also watch it, if you'd rather do that, on the Giant Take YouTube channel. And Alex, let me answer your question. You want to know how we did all those recordings in February and January? It's called spring sports. We didn't have to worry yeah. about those yeah. back in uh, back in February when it was 20 degrees out. Yet it still feels cold as hell. I was outside today and it was like 40 something. I was freezing, freezing. So Jersey is just not helping us out at all with this weather. Uh, but hopefully I, I saw this week it's supposed to be like getting high as 60s. But anyway, this isn't the weather podcast. This is a Giants podcast. So let's get into Giants news. Uh, we start out with Adoree Jackson's contract. It was restructured. Um, they converted his $8.965 million deal um, into a signing bonus with a void year added, creating $5.98 million in cap space. Uh, that was from Field Yates. 
And then the Giants were recently the only team in the league with under $1 million in cap space. So at least this gives them some flexibility. Of course, that comes out the day we released our last episode, which we always talk about. That's like the curse with the Giant Take podcast. There's always Giants news the day we release episodes, but that that was the one there. So Dory Jackson getting paid like he's a CB1 uh, with that restructured deal, but does give the Giants some free space there. Uh, cap room wise yeah i mean in this case you only had three options of players you could restructure it would be a dory jackson it would be leonard williams and it would be kenny galladay and i think a dory jackson was the best performing of those guys last year he's the youngest and i think it's a smart move to push a little bit of his money down the line we're still gonna have to cut james bradbury or trade him or whatever we have to do with him uh because you know there's gonna there's gonna be something that has to happen uh because we're still we still don't have enough money to pay for our draft class. Um, and, and that the only solution really is Bradbury. So something's going to happen with him, uh, you know, by week one next season, Bradbury will not be on this team or he will be on a new deal. That is, uh, it's just kind of a fact unless something crazy happens. But uh, I mean, this is just the way it goes. And this is what happens when bad management uh, makes a, makes a whole bunch of bad decisions and pushes money down the line. And that's really unfortunate. Moving on to the next topic we got here um, after the Adore Jackson restructuring is that Peter King, you probably know him because he is one of the biggest NFL sports writers out there. He wrote in his Football Morning in America column on Monday, so this was uh, last Monday now, a while ago, that he believes the New York Giants, quote, don't want to make both the picks they are scheduled to have in the top 10 of the 2022 NFL draft. That was from Big Blue View. Very interesting stuff there. He probably has a lot of sources. I'm sure a few with the Giants. And it's something to note because we've talked about, hey, some team could trade into the fifth or seventh pick and select a quarterback early. You never know. Malik Willis is there. Kenny Pickett is there. Matt Corral is there. I don't know who else you're thinking. Maybe Sam Howell is there. Who knows how how many players can reach. But I could definitely see a team trading to five or seven to take Malik Willis as he is, you know, Went up, dra- went up draft boards tremendously after his very good senior bowl and his very good combine, um, putting himself as a number one name on that quarterback list to a lot of teams. We also have the Eagles, another news story that came out the day we recorded our episode, traded their 16th and 19th pick to the New Orleans Saints. So here is the trade in full. The New Orleans Saints, their selection choice. So they tra- this is what the Saints traded. Uh, round one, 2022, uh, ov- overall pick 18. Round three, 101, w- which was a, a compensatory pick. Round seven, 237 overall. Round one next year in 2023 and round two in 2024. So the Saints traded all those picks away. The Eagles, they traded again the 16th pick, which I had from Indianapolis. Um, the 19th pick and then round six, 194 overall, also from Indianapolis, funny enough, um, to the Saints. So that is the trade in full. Alex, I mean, does this trade mean anything? I, I mean, I guess it does. Well, yes, it does. But that doesn't mean anything to the Giants, I should say. I think it does. I think it plays massive implications to the Giants, actually. Number one, I would say Philadelphia got a great deal here in terms of what they got in return. Um, this draft class is really not top loaded. 
And I think you could get first round quality players in the second round, in the third round, uh, you know, at a greater volume than we've ever seen before in previous drafts because of the COVID year. I will say, I think this sets up the Eagles to trade up for a quarterback next year. Uh, They now have two first round picks. That's a lot of ammo to move up and grab their guy, assuming that Jalen Hurts is not their long term answer. Maybe he is. Uh, And if, if he isn't, then you got another pick next year and you already have two picks in this year's draft anyway. So does it really matter? Um, you know, not really, I don't think. I would say, you know, it's it's good to broaden your picks, right? So you have two this year in the first round, two next year, and then you acquired a couple of, you know, early uh, mid-round picks in the second pit, a second round pick in 2024 and a third round pick uh, this year. So I really like what the Eagles did, but I think this does kind of signal a possible trade-up next year for the Eagles for a quarterback, and that's something the Giants would obviously be very much interested in. Uh, and I think, uh, you know, they, they could be possibly doing that next year. I would actually, you know, bet on it if I were betting today. Another piece of news from teams around the NFC, the Rams have signed former giant punter Riley Dixon to a, uh, to a contract. He's going to be their punter. I believe, uh, Hecker was their punter in the past. I believe he moved on to another team. I, Oh, I'm blanking on the team now. Oh, I, Alex, I, you got to do your punter research. Come on, oh, man. Oh, sorry. You're better than that. Sorry. Unbelievable. Uh, he moved to, I literally, I knew it too, and I'm, I'm blanking now, um, but I'll, I'll look it up in a minute. But um, yeah, Riley Dixon's gone. I think he will play better in a better team and in a better special teams unit, uh, and we'll see how he, how he does. He had a couple slump years with the Giants, and obviously he got cut, but uh, we'll see what happens with him. Josh, you finding it out for me or Yeah, is this Johnny Hecker we're talking about? Yeah. Johnny Hecker is now on the Panthers. Yeah, he's on the Panthers. That's the team. Johnny Hecker does yeah. Johnny Hecker. Hecker is Hecker. on the Panthers. Yeah. Hecker, yeah. All right. And now Alex left me with the I know exactly what he did. This is a whole strategy thing with the that names. Was, uh, it was completely intentional. <laughs> uh, I know exactly. All right. The Giants went out of the not went out of their way. I don't know why I said it like that. The Giants have signed a new offensive tackle from the actually the NFL International Pathway. Um a player from Nigeria, from Africa, and I know NFL Africa is a, a thing. Um, I didn't know until we signed him. So they recruit players from Africa uh, and they train and they're able to train with uh, some veteran players, including Giants legend O.C. Umanura, which is super cool because uh, Umanura was very happy uh, that the Giants made the signing and he's going to help, I guess, train this guy to be at the NFL level. Um, the player is Roy Embatica. M- uh, uh, I'm going to go with that. Embatica, maybe? No, M- not M- Kea. Oh. Sorry. No, that's not. There's literally just a K-A where I don't know where you got the K-E-A from. Kea? Um, Kea. I, uh, I don't know. I'm sorry. This is anyway where I'm, I'm just going to say Mbatika. Um, who, How about just Roy? Roy. Sure. I, I think it's Mbatika. I'm going to trust my gut okay. here. Um, but basically, he didn't start playing football till last year. Last year. So he didn't play high school football. I mean, obviously, I'm sure... Um, you know, where he is from in Nigeria, it's not the main sport uh, that they play being American football. Probably, I would think it's the, the other football, you know, where you use your feet for that one. So I, I would say that um, this is not surprising. But anyway, OCU Manira discovered uh, Roy, as Alex said, who is six foot nine, 320 pounds, uh, and believes he's built to play offensive tackle. And the Giants like what they saw, and they're going to give him a chance. So a super cool thing. Uh, to hear about and to see. So uh, that's an exciting set thing. But um, 
yeah, I guess happy to happy to see how this one goes. But just a cool story to to um, find out about. Yeah, for sure. Um, in terms of voluntary workouts that started uh, a few days ago, uh, so Giants had voluntary workouts. Of course, a big name that what suppose we don't know for sure, but supposedly wasn't there was Kadarius Tony. I saw there was some beef on Twitter. Whole lot of stuff going on there, but we're not going to touch on that. It's not really relevant, <laughs> unless of course you're looking for a little laugh. Um, in terms of some veterans that showed up uh, for these voluntary ter- uh, workouts, Leonard Williams, Aziz Ojolari, Andrew Thomas, Aaron Robinson, Darius Slayton, Dexter Lawrence, Sterling Shepard, Tyler Odd Taylor, and more. Um, Brian Dable, when asked about attendance at the voluntary workouts, called it a packed house, uh, and that's per Zach Rosenblatt. Uh, he also uh, announced some of the new Giants numbers, uh, which I guess is exciting for you number fans. Uh, Matt Breida will be wearing number 31. Jihad Ward will be wearing 55. Justin Ellis, 71. Jameel Douglas, 77. Richie James, 80. And Ricky Seals-Jones, 83. And Davis Webb is number 12. Um, and he obviously wore number 5 uh, for in his previous Giants stint where he was here. Uh, and then there was, I believe this is a little bit, I don't know if we announced, talked about this, but the previous Giants numbers as well. Tyrod Taylor, 2, Mark Lewinsky, 64, John Feliciano, 76, Matt Gano, 73, and Jamie Gillen, 17. So that's some Giants numbers real there for uh, right there for all those interested. Uh, and also, we now move to James Bradbury news. We talked about him earlier. According to uh, many Chiefs sources, the talks about James Bradbury and the Chiefs trading for him and their interests, it's not serious. It's not a big deal. Um, and sources close to the team actually say that they don't plan on getting involved with the player. They don't really want to take on that $13.4 million salary. And honestly, I don't blame them. But that leaves the Giants in a crappy situation. What are they going to do? How are they going to free up these cap, this cap space for, undra- for NFL draft picks and undrafted free agents? We'll have to wait and see. And as the clock ticks closer to draft time, we will keep you updated with all of the news here on the Giant Take podcast, as well as the Giant Take YouTube channel and all of our social media is linked in the description or podcast notes. So please go check that out. You can follow me on Twitter at Joshua29, Alex on Twitter at Annoying23, the Giant Take on Instagram and Facebook, and then on um, TikTok and Twitter, the Giant Take pod. But it's not like we're done here because we got the 2.0 hype for it. Uh, this Giants seven round mock draft. So stay tuned for that and enjoy. So we can get into it right now with starting with uh, pick number five and then move up to pick number seven. Obviously, two back to back picks here uh, in the fir- not back to back, but you know, very close to back to back picks here for the New York Giants in the first round. Let's start off with pick number five. Round one, pick five is Edge, Kayvon Thibodeau from Oregon. Six foot five, 258 pounds. Alex, go into his pros and cons a little bit. Yeah, Thibodeau is an interesting one, right? He's someone who um, it seems has really fallen, right? He's really fallen. We saw, you know, going into the 2021 NFL season, everyone kind of thought, hey, this guy is going to be going number one overall. Uh, players like Hutchinson have risen. Evan Neal, Iki Aquanu. Uh, you know, Kyle Hamilton, uh, Sauce Gardner, plenty of guys. And we've seen kind of a drop in Kayvon Thibodeau. Uh, I'll explain kind of in the cons why that may be the case. 
some of his pros, he's got great bend, uh, and he's really explosive. He's also got great power. He really is an all-around beast of an edge rusher. Um, he's got perfect stereotypical size, and he is just a monster. He has all sorts of pass rushing moves, and he's pretty solid in the run game as well, and he can really do anything. And uh, in our grades, we had edge rushers. We did an edge rusher ranking video, uh, and he was our number two behind Aiden Hutchinson. I believe we had him as an 8.4 graded out of 10 uh, and firmly a top 10 talent. I really like Kayvon Thibodeau. I think if he's there for the Giants, we would snap him up. And in this scenario, he was. Uh, but the one con with Kayvon Thibodeau, it's his work rate. It's his desire to play. Does he really love football? Uh, and I think that you can't really tell without interviewing him. We haven't interviewed him. We know the Giants have interviewed him. I think... From the tape, it doesn't look like he takes plays off. I know some people have said he does. I don't think he does any more than any other player. Uh, that's just kind of my opinion on it, but really happy with this pick, and I was happy to see him available at number five. Yeah, and going to his stats a little bit, uh, he has 84 solo tackles, 42 assisted with a total uh, having 126 uh, total tackles, 35 and a half tackles for loss, 19 sacks, uh, and also three forced fumbles in his college career. That brings us to addressing the offensive line, which Giants will do here at the seventh pick, round one, pick seven. Offensive tackle, Charles Cross, Mississippi, Mississippi State. Height, he's six foot five uh, and weighs just about 310 pounds. Yeah, so in this mock, uh, at number five, I was kind of, you know, going between Thibodeau, uh, and Charles Cross. Obviously, maybe you pick Charles Cross at five and then hope Thibodeau uh, you know, slides to seven. But in this case, uh, you know, Charles Cross is the last of the big three tackles on the board. None of the quarterbacks have gone at this point in the mock. Carolina obviously looks like very interested in a certain particular quarterback, at least three of them I heard they have on their top uh, in, you know, on, as a first-round grade. And I kind of assumed they were going to go there. I didn't think they were going to go O-line. I was right. Uh, and Charles Cross was there sitting at number seven for me. He is really a beast in pass protection. He's probably the best pass protector in this class. He's got great hand placement and length in pass protection. Um, and he overall, if you want a guy who can protect the passer, it is Charles Cross. A couple things with him uh, in terms of his cons. Uh, he's a little bit not intense enough in the run game per se, uh, and doesn't really show the hunger in the run game. I think he's improving. I think last season he actually did improve uh, from his previous seasons uh, here in his sophomore slash junior year, sophomore year. Um, and he certainly looked a lot better. And obviously we saw, this is kind of why I have Charles Cross mocked. We saw a uh, Giants O-line coach, Bobby Johnson, working him out at his pro day. We saw him working out at right tackle and he looked excellent at his pro day. So someone kind of who's changed a bit with some of the rumors. And that's why I have Charles Cross here at number seven. Um, and I like him a lot as a player. He's my number one tackle. I know that's kind of a bit controversial. I think he's got the highest floor, uh, maybe not the highest ceiling, but certainly the highest floor in this class. I kind of compare it to a couple years ago with Andrew Thomas, who I think had the highest floor at that time. Uh, I think he's kind of similar, uh, except obviously Thomas was more of a run-blocking tackle at that point in time. Obviously, he's improved in pass protection at the NFL level, but like Charles Cross a lot. 
Moving in, uh, you can't really do many stats on, you know, on offensive linemen. So I'll just go with what I have here. The accolades a little bit. He was a first team all SEC in the 2021 this past season. And then he also won the Kent Hole trophy. Um, I don't know if I said that correctly, but basically, uh, the trophy is awarded to the best college offensive lineman in Mississippi. So that could be Mississippi State, Ole Miss, uh, Southern Miss, but basically those are the main three. Uh, and Charles Cross won that this past season in 2021. So let's go to our round two, pick 36, another early round pick here. And that is going to be, we're addressing the cornerback need for the New York Giants. Last time we did it, I believe, at pick number seven, uh, taking Ahmad Sauce Gardner. Again, we've addressed it a few times. Not uh, many people, or some people were not happy about that pick. They don't believe the Giants need a cornerback. We still feel that they do. So they go cornerback Roger McCreary out of Auburn. Um, if you're seeing this, that means you're prop. If you're seeing or listening to this, uh, that means that our cornerback rankings are probably out there in the world. So go check that out because Roger McCreary is on that list of the top five slash top six cornerbacks. Uh, so you can see how we rank them there. Uh, but he comes out of Auburn, five foot eleven, one hundred ninety pounds. Yeah, make sure to definitely go check out that video. Probably came out right before this. Um, so definitely. Uh, go check that out, video or audio. And for Roger McCreary here, pros for him. He is great in man and press coverage. Uh, he, you know, sticks to his man. He's going to be a primarily a man corner at the NFL level. He has good lateral speed and agility. While it's definitely important for corners to have a straight line, long distance speed, Roger McCreary doesn't really have that, but he does have good lateral speed and agility. And that's something that's important for a corner. Uh, I kind of, uh, he's kind of one of my draft crushes this year. Uh, I think he's going to go first round. I don't think he's going to make it here, but in this case, he did make it. And obviously we passed on Sauce Gardner. We passed on Derek Stingley. Uh, we may need a corner if James Bradbury is going to be, is going. He might be already gone by the time this uh, is recorded. So who knows? Because things move very quickly in the NFL. But I think they pick up a corner regardless of what happens. And Roger McCreary uh, is certainly a good one. His only couple of cons, obviously his general athleticism, ran a 4.5, 140, um, and he does tend to overcommit sometimes, get a little bit overaggressive in man coverage, so something that NFL quarterbacks may be able to take advantage of. Uh, so Roger McCreary, great player. I think he's more of a late first-round guy in terms of where I think he should go, but in this case, he falls to number 36 to the Giants. And yeah, going to the stats from McCreary, uh, 111 solo tackles, 24 assisted, totaling out to 135 total tackles. Tackles for loss, 10. He has one sack and six interceptions in his college career. We now move on to the next pick. That would be round three, pick 67. The Giants, I believe, have two third-round picks. This one, they go again addressing the offensive line. Guard Dylan Parham uh, from Memphis. I think I'm saying that right. Height, six foot three inches tall. And then weight, 311 pounds. Yeah, so Parham, I actually found him, or I saw someone talking about him on Twitter and how much he loved Dylan Parham. And I take, took a look at him. I really liked him. Uh, and then when he was here in the third round in this mock draft, I wanted to pick up an offensive lineman. I was looking at the guard position, and he was the number one guy that was left. And I thought it was really good value at the 67th overall pick. He's a guy who's very athletic. He's got great mobility. He's also patient in pass protection. He won't overcommit. 
And that those are certain things. He's really an, a high upside guy, I think. He's kind of got the IQ, the awareness, and he also has the athleticism and mobility, which I think are probably the two most important things. Some of the things he does struggle with, his feet uh, in terms of his technique in pass protection, and obviously he is a little bit undersized, uh, and that definitely does affect him a bit in the run game. So a couple negatives there, but I think the the core attributes in terms of the awareness and the athleticism he has down to a T, and I think that someone with the proper O-line coach can develop into a very, very good interior offensive lineman at the next level. And not many stats, right, because we're going into the later round, guys. But um, I have here five games started uh, for Parham, and he was a first-team All-ACC uh, this past season. Now moving to round three, pick 81. Do we have this guy in our last mock draft? I feel like we might have. Uh, linebacker Channing Tindall, Georgia. He yeah, was, we, or he, yeah, sorry, we, he, he, he's 6'2", 230 pounds. Sorry, Alex, go ahead. Yeah, so he's he's a repeat uh, from the last mock draft. He's another guy. I saw him here in the late third round, and I was like, this is a guy I want to pick up. Great value. And once again, he's here. I'm going to touch on him a bit quicker. You can go check out the previous mock draft uh, if you want to hear more about him where I go a bit more in depth. But quickly, he's got great speed. He's a great tackler. But unfortunately, he's not the best in coverage, and he does. he's a little bit clunky in terms of changing direction. So he's really somewhat, he can get from point A to point B quickly, but getting from point A to point B to point C to point D, uh, if they're all in different directions trying to change quickly, his agility is not really up there. But in terms of his speed and tackling, he is elite in this class as a linebacker and obviously played in that Georgia defense that was very, very good this past season. Didn't get a lot of playing time uh, next to N'Kobe Dean. Obviously, he is projected to go very high in this year's draft, so... Uh, a lot of great linebackers that uh, were there on the on the Georgia Bulldogs, and Tyndall is one of those guys who has pure physical traits, needs to develop a bit in coverage, but like him a lot here at the end of the third round. Yeah, and, and then talking about Tyndall, he had eight tackles versus Tennessee in 2021, three QB sacks against them as well, and three tackles for loss. Um so that's something to definitely know, and that was probably his big game against Tennessee, and then also in all against Auburn this past season had five, uh, or not Auburn, excuse me, Alabama. He had five uh, uh, Q- QB pressures, so um, that's something to note on as well. Okay, moving on to round four, pick one twelve. The Giants go running back Brian Robinson Jr. out of Alabama. Funny enough, the Giants re-signed. If that makes a big deal, a deal uh, today. Sandro Platzgummer, uh, the practice squad guy. Maybe that'll stop us from drafting a running back. I don't think so. Uh, they could definitely still do that. But that's who the pick is here, running back. Brian Robinson Jr. from Alabama, six foot one, 225 pounds. Yeah, Robinson's an interesting one. I started looking at the running back board in round three. I think round one and two, you can't really look at that. There was James Cook there at the beginning of the third round, but I saw Parham there. I wanted to take and beef up that offensive line. He's obviously gone at the second, third round pick now and didn't really feel that there was a running back there. That was good value. And then you're getting into round four, and I'm starting to look at the running back board, and I'm like, I'm not really liking what I'm seeing past uh, Brian, uh, Brian Robinson. excuse me. And I think Brian Robinson is a kind of a, a, a power back type. He's got a great build. He's a tough runner, uh, and he's really, really powerful. 
So that's certainly something you look maybe to complement Saquon Barkley and someone like Matt Breida, who we brought in, because Matt Breida is not exactly like a, a, a grind and pound type of back. Uh, and Saquon, to an extent, really isn't either. And I think Brian Robinson kind of gives you a nice dynamic. His cons, he doesn't always find the right gaps. His vision is not exactly elite yet. Uh, you know, that's obviously not something that's easy to improve. Hopefully he can at the NFL level. And then again, he's just not too great of an athlete in terms of speed and agility. He's really more of a power back. But I think he can complement this backfield well. And uh, obviously played with Alabama, played against high-level competition before. I think that's actually something that's a little bit underrated uh, in terms of scouting certain players. But I like that he was still here in this in the fourth round. Thought it was decent value for him. Not one of my favorite picks, but I think a, a necessity uh, that the Giants need to get done, assuming Saquon Barkley is not in the long-term future. And uh, for Robinson, 271 attempts, 1,343 yards, 14 touchdowns, and 5 yards per rush. We now move to, I believe, another name repeating here. Round 5, pick 147, tight end Jelani Woods from Virginia. Comes in at six foot seven, 253 pounds. A very slim guy when you talk about a guy who's six seven, being only 250 pounds. Yeah, Jelani Woods is another repeat. I'll go through him more quickly. He is actually, I took him in the sixth round in the first mock draft, so I've taken him in the fifth round here. His stock obviously rose quite a bit with the um, with the draft, and I think it kind of slowly kept rising. Uh, I saw someone in the comments actually say that he didn't think he was going to be there at si- in the sixth round. I kind of agree, so I drafted him here in the fifth round. Uh, he's an excellent athlete, like you mentioned. He's 6'7", ran a 4'6", 40, uh, and he's an excellent red zone weapon. He's got pretty good hands as well, so... Uh, a nice pass-catching tight end, can do stuff in the blocking game as well, can block, but maybe not elite at that, but could improve at the next level due to his size. His cons, he's not great after the catch. So once he has the ball in his hands, he doesn't really get many yards after the catch. And his limited route tree, he doesn't really, he's not the best route runner, and he doesn't really run a lot of routes, uh, if that makes any sense. But, you know, hopefully that improves with a more dynamic playbook in the NFL. But Jelani Woods, he's got the physical tools, and I think it, uh, you know, with the right coaching, he can certainly develop. Like him a lot, a really good player with a lot of upside in the fifth round. And Woods in this 2021 uh, last season, 44 receptions, 598 yards, eight touchdowns, and that was about 13.6 yards uh, per catch. So exciting stuff there. A lot of yards per catch I'm going to look forward to maybe in the later rounds of the draft for the New York Giants. Round five, pick 173. Safety, JT Woods from Baylor. He's six foot two, 195 pounds. Yeah, we're going back to back Woods here in round five. Woods and Woods. Um, I really like JT Woods. I saw him at the combine. He was pretty impressive. I believe he ran a 4.3740. I thought he looked pretty decent in the drills as well. And I kind of looked a bit into him. And I really like him. I see him mocked more in the fifth to sixth round range, but I really like him. Uh, And in round five, the Giants need a safety. They cut Logan Ryan. Uh, You only have Julian Love and Xavier McKinney. You didn't take a safety earlier in the draft. You probably are going in with two starting safeties as Love and McKinney, and you need a guy to back them up. And I think JT Woods, he's a strong tackler. He's got great IQ and awareness for a safety. And I think he has good size. He's got uh, good length as well. I think he's just an all-around really good safety. Uh, you know, safeties tend to fall in, in the draft, right? They're not taken as high usually, uh, not as much of a valued position, but 
uh, for this pick in at 173, I really like him. In terms of his cons, uh, he's not the best in terms of change of direction, similarly to uh, Channing Tindall, like, uh, who I mentioned earlier, or Tindell. Um, he's fast, but he doesn't exactly change direction, doesn't have the best agility. Uh, and he also plays kind of with a high pad level uh, in pass coverage as well, so something to take into account. But Woods, another player who's kind of got some nice physical skill sets uh, that hopefully can develop a bit more in technique coverage uh, and, you know, overall awareness in the NFL. Going into his stats college career, uh, in his college career, 113 solo tackles, 44 assisted, totaling out to 157 total tackles, eight uh, tackles for loss, two sacks, eight interceptions, and uh, no forced fumbles. So we move on to the next guy. I think the final pick in this mock draft, round six, pick 182. The hometown guy from Rutgers, wide receiver Bo Melton. Uh, we know him well. Plays just down the street, basically, um, about 30 minutes away from where we live or around there. Uh, so we got him. We had to we had to get a wide receiver in this draft. We also had to pick the hometown guy if we were going to pick a wide receiver, being Bo Melton uh, from Rutgers. So exciting stuff there. Alex, go into him a little bit here. Yeah, he's certainly an exciting, flashy player. Uh, we saw him at the Senior Bowl. Thought he played very well at the Senior Bowl. Uh, ran in the low four threes at the Combine. Certainly a guy with blistering speed. He's got great athleticism. Not only is he quick, he's got good agility uh, and good balance, something that's also important for a wide receiver. He's a pretty decent route runner. Maybe he hasn't you know, run the a crazy different amount of routes, but in the routes he does run, he is quite solid. Um, and I like him a lot. In terms of his cons, his height uh, and length is not ideal. Um, and he doesn't really have, you know, as much as he ran really fast in the combine, he on tape, he doesn't exactly have the, like, it doesn't seem like he's that quick. Uh, he runs faster in, he ran faster at the combine than he does on the field, if that makes any sense. You know, a lot of people are saying players like Kyle Hamilton, right? He ran, what, a four, five, nine, or whatever. People are saying he plays a lot quicker on the field. Uh, this is kind of the opposite with Bo Melton. And I feel like he plays actually a little bit slower than he's, uh, than his combine numbers. So something to take into account. But an elite kick returner as well, someone who could be used on special teams, uh, certainly helpful here in round six. And he certainly has some upside with his athleticism to make it as a nice wide receiver, two, three, four, possibly, uh, if he really gets the right coaching and develops properly. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, 
fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.